From the Ohio News Network, this is the ONN Daily Podcast. It is Friday, March 24th, 2023. For the Ohio News Network, I'm Kate Burdett. Charges have been filed after an Amber Alert was issued out of Zanesville yesterday. Police were called around 5 last night when a vehicle was taken with a 1-year-old and a 3-year-old inside. ONN's Brittany Bailey has more. Investigators used surveillance video to make an arrest and now... Thomas Pritchard is facing charges including kidnapping, grand theft of a motor vehicle, and driving under the influence of alcohol. Police say someone spotted a car carrying the children in Washington, Pennsylvania. The children are now reunited with their families, and Pritchard is being held without bail. I'm Brittany Bailey. Cleveland police are investigating the death of a child. ONN's Laura Queso reports. Cleveland police are investigating the death of a five-year-old girl Police responded to Rainbow Babies and Children's Hospital, where that little girl died. While we wait for the medical examiner to rule on a cause of death here, we can report that police are investigating this as a child abuse neglect case. We are told her siblings are safe with a family member. I'm Laura Queso. In northeast Ohio's Geauga County, the coroner says foul play is not suspected in the death of Susan Taylor. The 76-year-old was reported missing a week ago, and her body was found in a wooded area near her property in Thompson Township on Wednesday. The coroner's report says Taylor had an undiagnosed blood clot, heart disease, and a pulmonary embolism. The coroner says Taylor also sustained an accidental injury. An arrest has been made in a cold case murder in southwest Ohio that's been featured on a number of TV shows. ONN's Steve Vaughn has more. A dozen years after her death, police believe they have the killer of Caitlin Markham. A Butler County grand jury has filed a two-count murder indictment against Markham's fiancé, John Carter. The 34-year-old Hamilton man was arrested and the indictment was unsealed yesterday. Markham, a 22-year-old art student, went missing in 2011 and her remains were found in southeast Indiana two years later. A friend of Carter's was indicted last month on a charge of lying to investigators, which turned out to be the first major break in the case. Steve Vaughn, ONN. In northwest Ohio, activity immediately after the buzzer of a women's college basketball game in Bowling Green has drawn police attention. A Memphis basketball player appeared to strike a Bowling Green player in the face after the women's NIT game last night. The player from Bowling Green fell and appeared to hit her head on the scorer's table. BGSU police are investigating. Bowling Green won that game, by the way, 70-63. to Columbus City Schools officials are investigating how two elementary school students ended up with marijuana gummies that made them sick. ONN's Amy Steigerwald has the story. The two students that had the gummies were transported to the hospital after a visit with the school nurse just as a precaution. According to CCS district officials, an investigation at the school uncovered that one student shared the gummies with two students who got sick from them. This is not the first time we've seen some type of incident like this about a year ago in Upper Arlington. A 10-year-old girl took her father's edibles to school and shared them with five other students. Experts say it's important to keep these types of Items locked up away from children. In Columbus, Amy Suggerwald. The CDC's newest color-coded map for COVID transmission shows no counties in Ohio with a high transmission rate. More from ONN's Dave James. 16 counties on the map are yellow for medium transmission, and the other 72 counties are in the green for light transmission. Ohio is still reporting nearly 60 deaths per week from COVID. Nationwide, the number is about 2,000 per week. The CDC says 75% of the 1.1 million Americans who've died of COVID since the start of the pandemic were age 65 and older. Dave James, I went in news. 
Northwest Ohio's Ottawa County is working through a ransomware attack. ONN's Amanda Fay in Toledo reports. The post circulating on Twitter saying the county has until March 28th to respond to the hackers or all available data will be published. Ottawa County Commissioners released this statement saying, in part, quote, as soon as we learned this, we began working to investigate, to restore operations and determine the effects of the incident. We also are working with nationally recognized third-party cybersecurity consultants to assist us. We continue to actively monitor the situation and have notified law enforcement. Commissioners also say some county information was supposedly acquired and they are looking into what and whose information is involved, which will take time. I'm Amanda Fay. American Electric Power says its customers can expect higher rates starting in June due to increasing costs of electric generation. Here's ONN's Kevin Landers. Here's what AEP is saying. Due to these rising costs, a typical residential customer using 1,000 kilowatt hours of energy each month can expect their bill to increase about 28% from today's typical bill of about $155 to about $198. Those rates will be in effect until May of 2024. Now, AEP says customers that have difficulty paying it, they can go to the AEP website and you can get some help with your energy bills. I'm Kevin Landers. Ohio senators passed a transportation budget with bipartisan support yesterday. More from ONN's Austin Love on how lawmakers hope to improve railroad safety. Specifically when it comes to railroads, some changes include mandating a two-person crew for freight trains passing through Ohio, require train personnel to immediately notify the train operator for any defects on the railroad detector system, and require the Public Utilities Commission of Ohio and state EPA to submit written reports to the legislator of any hazardous materials and waste being transported. There is pushback, though. The Ohio Railroad Association argues that measures can only be controlled by federal law, but state lawmakers disagree, saying the General Assembly can put these statewide safeguards in place. I am Austin Love. The proposal will next go to a joint House and Senate conference committee, with just one week to go before lawmakers must send the spending plan to the governor. Ohio University has a new president. Dr. Lori Stewart-Gonzalez will serve as the university's 23rd president and is the first woman to serve in the role. In a video posted by the university, she talked about the historic moment. While I'm honored by that privilege and thankful to the many women who served as mentors to me or paved the way to this day, I am much more interested in how I can help our students be first. Dr. Gonzalez will succeed President Hugh Sherman. He plans to officially retire at the end of the school year. Gonzalez will begin her term as president on July 1st. And tomorrow at 4 p.m., the Ohio State women's basketball team plays UConn, a school that has won a record 11 national championships and were runners-up in the tournament last year. ONN's Clay Gordon reports. Number three seeded Ohio State taking on number two seeded UConn in the women's Sweet 16. Now the voice of the women's team is traveling to Seattle for the game. Matt Andrews says it's going to be challenging, but not impossible for the Buckeyes to win this one. Ohio State can win if they don't look at that UConn on the front and get mental about it. They could also win if they can equal or go plus on the rebounding margin. Connecticut is a great rebounding team. The Buckeyes are going to have to have one of their best rebounding games of this tournament. I'm Clay Gordon. Special thanks to our affiliates, WKYC-TV in Cleveland, WTOL-TV in Toledo, and WBNS-TV in Columbus for their contributions to today's podcast. I'm Kate Burdett on the Ohio News Network. This has been the ONN Daily Podcast, a production of Radio Ohio Incorporated on the Ohio News Network.